Hello, and welcome back to the Formal Review. Today, we'll be having a very special episode. Now sit back, maybe grab a drink, and let's talk about this movie. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Formal Review. This is Season 3, Episode 36, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. Now, this is a slightly different episode because we will be looking at an older movie from 2019, Parasite. Now, it's obviously not a new movie, but the rendition of the film is different, and it's one that I hadn't seen before. So, as I mentioned in the final Halloween episode, I had purchased the Criterion Collection version of the film, which also includes a black and white version of the movie. And in general, I've found black and white versions of newer films as to be somewhat better aesthetically speaking such as Logan Noir with Parasite being the first foreign language film to win best picture and also winning best director and original screenplay I definitely wanted to check this version out and then give you all my thoughts on it so in this episode we're going to be covering my full thoughts on the black and white version of the movie the movie as a whole and then also a quick update to my movie collection so stay tuned So the only update to my movie collection that I had since the last episode was that I purchased V for Vendetta on 4K. Now this was an upgrade from a Blu-ray and it was a purchase that didn't have a sale. I honestly only did this because I really loved this movie. This is one of those movies for me that I remember exactly where I was when I first saw it in theaters. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah and I'm about 80% sure that I was at the Century 16 theater based on Google images and my memory of that day when I was there. Hilariously, that's one of the reasons why I connected myself with Andre from Backseat Directors, so shout out to him and the rest of the team who are from Utah. So for those who haven't seen the film, it is based on the 1988 graphic novel of the same name by Alan Moore, who also wrote The Watchmen and David Lloyd. The original story was written in the 80s and took place in the UK under the Margaret Thatcher government. This film being made in 2006, the film version was made more to describe the George W. Bush administration and drove some parallels with that era. But now, in 2020, it can even hit more or at home, given everything that's going on in the Permit world. me then, in lieu of the more commonplace subriquet, to suggest the character of this dramatis persona. Voila! In view, a humble vaudevillian veteran, cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate. This visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the vox populi, now vacant, vanished. However, this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violently vicious and voracious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, a vendetta held as a votive not in vain, for the value and veracity of such shall one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous. <laughs> Verily, this vicious soise of verbiage veers most verbose, so let me simply add that it's my very good honor to meet you, and you may call me V. Anyway, I'm not going to go into the movie so much right now, but I want to talk about the version of this movie on 4K. So in short, this movie is true 4K. This movie was originally filmed on 35mm, and for this new master, they took the film and put it on a 4K digital intermediate. It is also HDR10 enhanced, and that was made from the original camera negative. It also has a Dolby Atmos soundtrack, which also is an upgrade from the 5.1 Dolby TrueHD on the Blu-ray. So this is obviously as I've said on multiple episodes, why I upgrade in general. Again, I usually try to wait for sales, but again, just one of those movies that I 
just had to have. And I've said this before, but mainly the reason why I'm still going on physical media is because streaming services aren't giving 4K content. To get 4K on streaming services, you must pay Netflix for their premium subscription. So it was released last week that the pricing for this is going to increase again. So the new pricing for the standard plan that most likely everybody and their mother has is now going to be $14 per month. There is the basic plan that is $9 a month and that hasn't really changed very much, but that's the one that you can only have it on one screen at a time, but most families have potentially the higher level one so you can have more devices on the same account. But the premium tier of Netflix is now going up to $18 a month. And this is the only tier that you can get 4K content. And again, this is why physical media really matters because even if you decide to pay for this even though now it's getting honestly ridiculous your internet needs to be able to handle it and honestly it comes down to the main problem which is compression the picture and sound information has to be processed in a certain way that it allows it to be sent efficiently over the internet and then on top of all of this amazon came out and said that even if you buy the movies on amazon prime it's not a technical ownership it is a licensing so you add in to how Disney is now moving away from physical media Netflix is changing their encoding speeds and now they're increasing the cost for it and then again when you buy something it's not yours it's a licensing agreement that you're having with the company and you're able to yes view a movie honestly whenever you feel like it but if they decide to not make it available anymore that's their decision as a company so again even if you have all of that the internet is something you need. You need to have the right speeds to be able to do it. And I've talked about this before, so I'm not gonna talk about it too much now again, but in short, you have to have all of that. And again, you don't own anything. Digital anything is almost a licensing agreement. Even if you look at Microsoft's usage rules for digital goods that goes into Windows 10 movies and TV, Xbox One and Xbox 360, the first thing on the general rules is, and I quote, all digital goods are licensed, not sold. Again, you don't own it. Physical media matters here, especially if you actually care about the content that you're getting. Anyway, and rant, going back to V for Vendetta here. So I also got the gift set version of the movie, which included a few extra items that I was really excited for. I got a 32 page book, which highlighted some of the best content from the book, V for Vendetta from script to film. A letter from director James McTeague, I think that's how you pronounce his name, highlighting the creation of the film and its influence on the world today. And then the case that it all came in was made to look like the front of V's jail cell in the movie. And I think this is such a cool thing to put like on my shelf and I've been somewhat debating what film to watch for my first 4k viewing and I'm thinking this is gonna be it but we'll see anyway now that that's all over with on to the movie at hand so sit back relax grab your drinks and let's discuss the movie
So before going any further, no, I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most people skip over that part. <laughs> so I do want to reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite podcast service because those reviews really help me grow and improve. A lot of you have talked to me offline, but I do really appreciate the reviews that already are out there. If everyone could just continue doing that or letting me know any way that you think that I could grow and make this more entertaining, feel free and I'll look at them and I'll grow as such. Please also note that I am not fluent in Korean, so if I mispronounce any names or words, I apologize ahead of time. So again, like I mentioned already, I am slowly upgrading my collection to 4K. So why did I purchase this version of the film instead of the Ultra HD disc? The primary reason is the black and white version of the film, and this is the only legal way to watch this version. Additionally, according to the information in the accompanying booklet that comes with the Criterion collection, the video comes from the same 4K digital intermediate used for the Ultra HD edition. This digital intermediate was approved by the director and cinematographer and the files were struck from the original 6.5K digital source. It also has a Dolby Atmos track, but that's on the normal 4K Blu-ray and the black and white version has the same Dolby Atmos track. Finally, the director himself has been a huge supporter of the Criterion collection in general, so I trust that this is the best version of the film, at least for him. So as well, this was my first ever purchase from the Criterion Collection, and for those who don't know what the Criterion Collection is, it is a home video distribution company that focuses on important classic and contemporary films and selling them basically to film aficionados. And they do things along film restorations and also adding in bonus features and commentary tracks. So I will say one really cool aspect of this exclusive edition is obviously the black and white version of the movie but also the cover for this because it's a morse code of the title of the movie which is a cool little easter egg for those who know what that is in reference to the movie we'll say criterion collection is sometimes a little bit pricey for my end so i'm not always going to be buying from them because of that but i do like the effort that they put into their movies especially when it comes to older films and their abilities to restore a lot of them. So while not a 4K Blu-ray, this video in both color schemes has great contrast and brightness. The image is extremely crisp and it really looks amazing, as was the Dolby Atmos. And this is absolutely surprising as this movie is not an action movie, but there are multiple times in the movie where the Atmos really helped the movie. It mostly helped with the film's ambience, such as giving the noise of the city, the wildlife, the crack of thunder, or the downpour of rain. During the scene when the family's going back into their home during the rainstorm, I really felt like I was in a monsoon, but more on that later. So before we go into whether this film is better or worse in the black and white, I'm going to give you some background on the movie if you know nothing about it as of now. So Parasite or Jising Chung is a 2019 South Korean black comedy thriller film directed by Bong Joon-ho, who also co-wrote the screenplay with Han Jin-won. It stars Song Kang Ho, Lee Sung Yung, Joy Eo Jung, Cheo Wushi, Park So Dam, Jang Hae Jin, and Lee Jong Un. It follows the members of a poor family who scheme to become employed by a wealthy family by infiltrating their household and posing as unrelated but highly qualified individuals. So Parasite grossed $53.4 million in the United States and Canada and $211.1 million in other countries, which included $71.3 million from South Korea itself for a worldwide total of 
264.4 million dollars. Rotten Tomatoes has a rating of 99% based on 452 reviews with an average rating of 9.4 out of 10. Critics consensus reads an urgent, brilliantly layered look at timely social themes Parasite finds writer Bong Joon-ho in near total command of his craft. On Metacritic, 52 critic reviews were identified as positive giving the film a weighted average of 96 out of 100 indicating universal acclaim and it also rated Parasite as the best film of 2019, the seventh highest rated film in the past decade and at the end of 2019 it was the 45th highest rated film of all time on their website. Now before I go into anything more, I did give a brief overview of the movie in my season 2 episode 11 episodes. If you want my spoiler free review of that movie, go check that out because I will be going into all spoilers here. In short, I obviously really liked it. And here are some of the negative reviews because this is a 99% and I honestly at this point I don't know how somebody couldn't like that, but here we go. So some people said that it includes some wish I never saw that scenes. Viewers who are faint of heart should be forewarned, but harder fans might enjoy the carnage don't know what that's about the parasite have parasites no doubt asian capitalist interests are well served in the end there will be rioting in the streets on the back of this one a film is hardly effective satire if it doesn't point up a route of radical change <laughs> that's not savage commentary that's condescension this is by far the filmmaker's worst commercially successful work to date a condescending pessimistic portrayal of human nature barrette of class consciousness or ideology the director is an unfunny extremist in Parasite, he annihilates the concept of the nuclear family by setting a brood of lower class con artists against an upper class family unit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, frankly, but anyway, I'm gonna go into my full thoughts on the movie, and again, yes, there will be spoilers, so you have been warned. This movie, as some of those critic reviews kind of stated, deals with class conflict, social inequality, and the wealth disparity, and with Bong Joon-ho himself saying the film is a reflection of late-state capitalism. And there are some that kind of associate the film with the Korean term, Hell Joseon, which essentially describes living in South Korea would equate to living in hell. This came from South Korea's youth unemployment rates due to high education and the crisis of home affordability. This has thus been increasing the socioeconomic gap between the wealth and the poor. And the film also analyzes the use of quote-unquote connections to get ahead of life for both rich and poor families. The film starts off where a friend of Kim Jul, the son in the main family, comes over to ask a favor. He's about to leave the country. Please also note that I am not fluent in Korean, so if I mispronounce any names or words, I apologize ahead of time. So again, like I mentioned already, I am slowly upgrading my collection to 4K. So why did I purchase this version of the film instead of the Ultra HD disc? The primary reason is the black and white version of the film, and this is the only legal way to watch this version. Additionally, according to the information in the accompanying booklet that comes with the Criterion collection, the video comes from the same 4K digital intermediate used for the Ultra HD edition. This digital intermediate was approved by the director and cinematographer and the files were struck from the original 6.5K digital source. It also has a Dolby Atmos track but that's on the normal 4K Blu-ray and the black and white version has the same Dolby Atmos track. Finally, the director himself has been a huge supporter of the Criterion collection in general so I trust that this is the best version of the film, at least for him. So as well, this was 
was my first ever purchase from the Criterion Collection. And for those who don't know what the Criterion Collection is, it is a home video distribution company that focuses on important classic and contemporary films and selling them basically to film aficionados. And they do things along film restorations and also adding in bonus features and commentary tracks. So I will say one really cool aspect of this exclusive edition is obviously the black and white version of the movie, but also the cover for this because it's a Morse code of the title of the movie, which is a cool little Easter egg for those who know what that is in reference to the movie. We'll say Criterion Collection is sometimes a little bit pricey for my end, so I'm not always going to be buying from them because of that, but I do like the effort that they put into their movies, especially when it comes to older films and their abilities to restore a lot of them. So while not a 4K Blu-ray, this video in both color schemes has great contrast and brightness. The image is extremely crisp and it really looks amazing, as was the Dolby Atmos. And this is absolutely surprising as this movie is not an action movie, but there are multiple times in the movie where the Atmos really helped the movie. It mostly helped with the film's ambience, such as giving the noise of the city, the wildlife, the crack of thunder, or the downpour of rain. During the scene when the family's going back into their home during the rainstorm, I really felt like I was in a monsoon, but more on that later. So before we go into whether this film is better or worse in the black and white, I'm going to give you some background on the movie if you know nothing about it as of now. So Parasite or Jising Chung is a 2019 South Korean black comedy thriller film directed by Bong Joon-ho, who also co-wrote the screenplay with Han Jin-won. It stars Song Kang-ho, Lee Sung-yong, Joy Yeo-jong, Choi Woo-shi, Park So-dam, Jang Hye-jin, and Lee Jong-un. It follows the members of a poor family who scheme to become employed by a wealthy family by infiltrating their household and posing as unrelated but highly qualified individuals. So Parasite grossed $53.4 million in the United States and Canada and $211.1 million in other countries, which included $71.3 million from South Korea itself for a worldwide total of $264.4 million. Rotten Tomatoes has a rating of 99% based on 452 reviews with an average rating of 9.4 out of 10. Critics consensus reads, an urgent, brilliantly layered look at timely social themes, Parasite finds writer Bong Joon-ho in near total command of his craft. On Metacritic, 52 critic reviews were identified as positive, giving the film a weighted average of 96 out of 100, indicating universal acclaim, and it also rated Parasite as the best film of 2019, the seventh highest rated film in the past decade, and at the end of 2019, it was the 45th highest rated film of all time on their website. Now before I go into anything more, I did give a brief overview of the movie in my season 2 episode 11 episode, so if you want my spoiler free review of that movie, go check that out because I will be going into all spoilers here. In short, I obviously really liked it. And here are some of the negative reviews because this is a 99% and I honestly at this point I don't know how somebody couldn't like that, but here we go. So some people said that it includes some wish I never saw that scenes. Viewers who are faint of heart should be forewarned, but Hardner fans might enjoy 
enjoy the carnage. Don't know what that's about. The parasite have parasites. No doubt Asian capitalist interests are well served in the end. There will be rioting in the streets on the back of this one. A film is hardly effective satire if it doesn't point up a route of radical change. <laughs> that's not savage commentary. That's condescension. This is by far the filmmaker's worst commercially successful work to date. A condescending pessimistic portrayal of human nature bereft of class consciousness or ideology. The director is an unfunny extremist in Parasite. He annihilates the concept of the nuclear family by setting a brood of lower class con artists against an upper class family unit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, frankly, but anyway, I'm gonna go into my full thoughts on the movie. And again, yes, there will be spoilers, so you have been warned. This movie, as some of those critic reviews kind of stated, deals with class conflict, social inequality, and the wealth disparity, and with Bong Joon-ho himself saying the film is a reflection of late-state capitalism. And there are some that kind of associate the film with the Korean term, Hel Joseon, which essentially describes living in South Korea would equate to living in hell. This came from South Korea's youth unemployment rates due to high education and the crisis of home affordability. This has thus been increasing the socioeconomic gap between the wealth and the poor. And the film also analyzes the use of quote-unquote connections to get ahead of life for both rich and poor families. The film starts off where a friend of Kim Jul, the son in the main family, comes over to ask a favor. He's about to leave the country to study abroad and wants Kim Jul to take over his tutoring gig. We are then introduced to the Bog family living in their mansion. Choi Yong-yo is a neurotic but stay-at-home mom. Daye is the daughter who is also a high school sophomore and Jiwoo's Tuti. And Da Song is the young boy. Their father, Dong Yi, is an IT executive who is always at the office working many many hours. Hugh gets the job and gives himself the English name of Kevin. When he gets his first payment, he sees this new world in front of him. What's wild is he's given 50,000 won which is about $42. Now he thinks what would happen if he got his entire family to come work for the box? They could be rich and get out of the slums that they're living in. He then contrives this extensive con and gets his sister hired as a therapist slash art tutor for Da Song, his father to be the box driver, and the mother to be the box housekeeper. Everything seems to be going well until it's discovered that there's another parasitic family leeching on the box. The, they then battle it out all unknown to the box until the finale. The climactic scene has our characters fighting it out that hurt many people, but the only, but the only the parasites are the ones that suffer. I think all the box survive, the box move away because they no longer want to live there and don't want people leeching off of them. Ji Jong is killed, Ki Woo has an extremely intense head injury and again is living in the slums with his mother. Ki Tech is now hiding underneath the house like the other parasitic family and essentially again being a parasite off a new family that moves in. In interviews, Jun Ho said that this movie is an algorithm of polarization. The two families, rich and poor, and he kind of says that these families should exist on an even plane as human beings in the same metropolis, but they assume roles of a parasite 
and host. The box view that a good servant is one that doesn't cross the line. And this is said multiple times in the movie. And basically, Junho is kind of saying here that the rich and poor don't eat at the same restaurants. I mean, you look at how society is. The rich and poor sometimes don't eat at the same restaurants or even take the same same flights. I mean, you look at how many people fly coach versus business class or first class. It's such a separation of society. In addition, some people are able to pay for better airlines or they have to fly on cheaper airlines because they can't afford the good ones. What's interesting is that the main family does this con because they know that the system is against them. This really does make the audience want to root for them, but then at the same time, it's hard because their actions are somewhat rationalized by dishonesty. However, you don't really question the box treatment of them. They're both looking at each other with distaste. One thinks that the other is below them and the other dislikes them for this and for them having money. But then when it is revealed that there's someone else below them, they treat them the exact same way. The film seems not want to discuss the inequality, but the treatment of everyone by others and try to see them as the same people, no matter the social class. Now, this is really great because this is evident throughout the entire movie. Junho shows this through levels and staircases. The Gims have to walk up just a huge staircase to get to the box. The Gims live in this semi-basement, which is similar to what poor Seoul residents live in because of its lower rent, despite obviously having issues of mold and not risk of disease. The and also they're more susceptible to floods, which is shown in the movie. So this movie essentially says that there's a difference between being nice and having money and being nice because you have money. So through this, wouldn't somebody be able to get themselves out and thus they can be nice? Or in some aspects, if somebody has privilege, if you are able to get into that privilege, would you be nice on top of that? According to Juno, the answer is no. And the end demonstrates this. It's ultimately a very tragic scene. According to Juno, in an interview with Vulture, the final scene is a Wagen Sasai, which essentially describes a final gunshot that someone would take to ensure that they're dead. He doesn't want the audience to imagine that maybe sometime in the future, Kiwook will buy the house. The ending song even translates to 564 years, which is to state how long it would take him to make enough money to get the house. So in other words, it's impossible. It's a terrible circle that will only repeat itself. The poor will remain poor and work for the rich who will not care for the poor. It's a really dark and tragic ending, but it feels realistic. And if you don't have money or privilege, you'll just remain grumpy and you don't have to be nice to other people because you're struggling. But the thing is, is that this movie is essentially saying that no matter how much you're struggling, there's always going to be somebody who's struggling more than you. Not to disregard your struggle, but also look at the positive aspects of it. Don't be a grumpy person. Don't be mad at where you are currently. And honestly, just be grateful for what you do have. You can always work 
to get more, but don't allow yourself to be miserable when you don't have those material things. You have to love where you are in life and accept that. And yes, again, aim to get to a better place, but don't hold those who have a higher standard of living as a goal in life and look down on where you are. Because again, there is going to be somebody who's struggling more than you and who would want to be where you are. So understand that there are many people struggling in this world that are honestly worse off than you and recognizing the positives that you do have in life. And I really, really loved how this movie comments on that. So how do all of these messages and allegories carry over to the black and white version? So similar to Logan, stripping the color obviously doesn't change the movie itself, but instead it kind of redefines the experience and allows for a different perspective on the story that maybe you wouldn't get with the color version. And one thing that I noticed was that the actor's performances came across more strongly. When Song Kang-ho became more upset, his expressions were more defined and Mr. Bach's disdain for anyone lower than him is a lot more obvious. The disparities between these two families can be felt more as you see a lot more of the emotion behind each character's eyes. And this is even true when looking at the character's clothing. The box look neater and more high quality than the roughness that is the Kim's attire. It also had a more realistic look that it didn't have before and maybe that's because I used to watch a lot of Kurosawa films when I was younger which are mostly black and white but even so this is extremely true when you're in the Gim's home and you see the son and daughter hunch over together over the raised toilet. The black and white made me glance around more looking at their living space and then when you see a dark stain on the white toilet you can't help but cringe. Another scene that was extremely more creepy was when the mother was telling the story about her son seeing the ghost? Yes, the color version is creepy for sure, and it honestly scared me the first time I saw this movie. And frankly, after my fiance watched this movie for the first time last week, she shut our basement door. I say all this to note how much more creepy this scene is in the black and white version. The basement that the man's head comes from is pitch black, and you start to see his eyes, which are wide open. Then the light hits his face, and it's only there for like half a second, but I felt him staring into my soul. It was perhaps one of the most creepy moments that still makes me squirm till this day. This version is a much more focused viewing experience as much of the visual appeal of the movie has been taken away. It allows you to focus on the characters and then also the writing as well. The bad conditions feel even worse as there's a reinforcement of the poor quality of life that they have. You see the toilet as I mentioned and feel cramped when you see them living in this small claustrophobic space. So when they start interacting in the pox more clean and overall more spacious home, you see the differences just so much more obviously. It feels bigger and cleaner surfaces feel shinier in the same way that the Gims family overflowing toilet looks even dirtier. The disparities are much more defined, which really hits the nail on the head of the film's overall message. As such, this is the reason I would definitely say that this is a 
superior film to the color version, more so than Logan Noir is to Logan. The monochrome feature adds to the film's message, which is more reason to see this version. Now, this is not to say that it's a 100% necessary feature, as the original is a clearly a fantastic film, as Logan was to Logan Noir. However, for the reasons that I mentioned already, the experience is more powerful with the monochromatic take on the film. And honestly, I felt extremely moved during the monsoon scene. You really do feel the pain that the Gims are going through, especially with Dolby Atmos. With these speakers, you feel the water coming in around you as the Gims do. And I will say, having seen both versions around the same time, it's easier to see how Junho foreshadows the finale of the film. For example, how Mr. Bach doesn't like the smell of Mr. Gim and subtle teases of the man in the basement. Either viewing experience, Parasite is a rare film that honestly gets better with each rewatch. The black and white version may not be a new film, but it is a definitely a different viewing experience. Even though I may have just finished both versions of the movie, I want to watch them both over again. How many films can you say that for? Do I dare say that this is a modern masterpiece? By itself, the film is an extremely entertaining allegory on contemporary class struggles and income equality. No matter what version of the film you watch this in, having this film in Dolby Atmos adds so much to the movie and that by itself can make this movie a whole nother viewing experience. Then when you add in the monochromatic aspect, it's a whole nother one and I can't wait to watch it again. So what did you think of the film and have you seen the black and white version and how do you think it compares to the color version and do you like black and white versions of newer films? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. Former Review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the Gram. I post many things including trailer reactions so go check those out. The handle is all the same. It's at the Formal Review. Feel free to also check out BackseatDirectors.com where I work with a big team to put out movie reviews and also editorials. Again, that's BackseatDirectors.com. Please also subscribe to the Formal Review. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're now on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Honestly, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, we have our content there. Also, I'm always wanting to grow and improve, so please leave a review and what you want to hear because I really do this for you all. I see the numbers and I really appreciate everyone supporting me and talking to me about movies because frankly, that's what it's all about. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis thank you again and if you want to help support on a financial basis please go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign formal minus sign review and click support this podcast and honestly any donation is appreciated thank you all again for tuning in and until next time wear your mask wash your hands stay safe and take care everyone thanks for tuning in to another episode of the formal review cheers and we'll see you next time